What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Iron Sight Gaming Podcast, episode five. Five already. I can't believe we've been doing this for five weeks, Nate. Yeah, man. I'm excited. It's been over a month. Yeah, we made it. I can't believe it lasted this long. People actually listen? I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> if you don't know, I'm Drew Bosley, and of course, that was Nathan Quinn joining me. We have a great show lined up. We'll be talking about what we've been playing, as always. From there, we'll be heading into all the latest news and reviews. And topic of the week, we have a good one this week with a little exciting news coming out of Xbox this week. And then we'll be following up with our For Honor review. So, Nate, what you been playing? I've been playing the hell out of For Honor, man. I know you have. <laughs> yeah. Your segment's going to be short. <laughs> yeah. I don't got much else to say. That's actually all I played. I don't think I landed on Doom. Oh. Oh, I did. No, you lied. I played for an hour. Oh, there you or go. two, maybe. But anyways, I, I hopped on Doom. Just the, the usual multiplayer. Just leveling up a bit. And then For Honor, I've been playing the shit out of that game. Yeah, you have, As eh? frustrating and amazing as that game <sighs> is. Yeah, we'll get into that for sure. Exactly. But yeah. that's what I've been playing. What about you? I've been playing a bunch of stuff. I jumped into a lot of things. Let's see, what did I... Well, of course, I went back into Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm plugging away at that. There are these, uh, I don't think I even touched them in my review. There's these things called cauldrons. And they're kind of like a dungeon where you go in and you fight your way through the dungeon. But last night I was in there. This thing took me about an hour and a half to finish. Okay. It was freaking long. I, I just, and I wasn't even complaining and playing it. It was just by the time I was done, I'm like, okay, I've got to be getting out of here soon. So you go into the dungeon. And the first cauldron I did was all dinosaurs. No other bandits to fight off or nothing. This time I went in and it was bandits. And it's you get in and it's this underground cave with the just distorted, overgrown vegetation of dinosaurs that have just Mother Nature's taken over. They've deceased, whatever. There's this big tall neck in the middle of this underground cave. And it was covered in grass and like branches and trees and it was awesome. And as I look out and kind of you, you click your focus so you can kind of get an idea of your surroundings, who's around and kind of thing, right? And then there was bandits in there. I'm like, what the hell are they doing here? So I went in, took out the bandits, moved on to the next section, more bandits, on to the next section. I'm like, okay, here's the boss fight. Here it comes. Because that's what happened in the first one, so that's what I expected in this one. And then I get there and more bandits come. I'm like, shit. <laughs> so I went from the bandits and then they came. And this huge huge thing it was like a like a tiger but man this thing must have been five times the size of a tiger oh. it came out i tucked i hid away watchers this tiger-like dinosaur and all these bandits came out at once the bandits are fighting off against the tiger and the watchers and i'm oh. just kind of like good you guys handle them i'm gonna chill out back here <laughs> that's awesome eventually they took out that big tiger-like creature I had a couple watchers to deal with, a couple bandits to finish up, and then from there I moved on, and it still wasn't done. There was more to do, and then they got into these ones. Uh, they're called stalkers. These things are freaking awesome. They kind of like, remind me of a cross of um, like a cheetah and a jaguar. They're long, they're thin, but they go invisible, which is a hard part. So uh -huh. this the stalker goes out, and if you look closely, there are three blue dots, kind of like it's like the horizon dinosaur thing. They all have these blue eyes, right? So I was able to track it down that way. You can see it's kind of like a, an invisible kind of reflection going through the, the environment. And then there's these blue dots and there's bandits there too. I'm like, holy crap, it's not enough to deal with the bandits. I got these things to deal with. And there was three of them. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> So I went on, I finally finished that, but what a rewarding sensation it felt to finally get through that one. That one was long, but the good thing about beating the cauldron is that it unlocks the ability to uh, override some of the other dinosaurs. So now if I get in close enough, I can override one of these stalkers, and then he's on my side kind of thing. Wow. Freaking awesome. So I was playing that. I jumped into some XCOM 2 on the Xbox. Oh, yeah. That game is good. It is really good. I'm not that far into it. I'm just starting, you get your alien ship, and of course the aliens are back. That's the main story, right? They're back, they're taking over. They basically won the war, and you're kind of going in and trying to clean out all the aliens. So as your sense of base this time around, you actually have one of the alien spaceships. So I'm starting now to go in, excavate, 
uh, some of the uh, lower fields in the ship. And then from there, uh, I just, I've actually lost one of my missions. The good thing is, the cool thing is, when the mission themselves is, when the mission fails, that's it. There's no do-over. You just lost. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's no going back to it. So I had this one mission I had to go in and capture, or I had to take back one of our own team members. But I threw a grenade, blew up the alien, which blew up the car that the guy was in, and which <laughs> then blew up the guy. <laughs> so, so I lost that. That mission was over. It's like, you failed. I'm like... Oh man, then there's no way to return. That's a permadeath situation. So you can go in, you completely customize all the characters. So you can rename them, outfit them, colors, you name it, all this, that, and the That's other. That's cool. It's like very that. cool. So, of course, what I've done is I set up my family. My family are in there. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, one of, it's that feeling of crap, there goes my son out in the battle, and I gotta make sure I cover him, because if he's... <laughs> he dies. He dies, that's it, there's no getting him back. Your wife's gonna kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's a funny scenario to do, but it was, that was pretty cool, that was fun. What else did I play? I thought there was something else I was into as well. Oh, I played For Honor, of course, but that will get into the review, but I think that was mostly what I've been playing. Any Paragon? Oh, right. I did jump yeah, into Paragon. Of like, course I did. What was I thinking? Yeah, I played another round as uh, Aurora, the new character. Actually, they just came out. They just launched another one. Shinbi is her name. And she's this like, kind of um, like a dancer of some sort. And she's got this magical wolf that's with her. Okay. Kind of a weird one. I'm not digging that <laughs> not particular totally. character. No. But I like Aurora. And they still made another character. I'm amazed that they're still releasing characters. Every three weeks, Paragon launches another character. Oh, it is awesome to see. And I've been watching some of the uh, PLC, the Paragon Competitive League. Man, those guys are, those guys oh, are wow. intense. <laughs> like, I wouldn't stand a chance. And they've got all the cards <laughs> down to a science, too. So if your character is building up your, your stats and your card deck this way, then they're going to counter you with this <laughs> Man, it, it was pretty cool to watch. I've been, so I've been watching that. But yeah, I played more Paragon again as well. Ah, so sweet. Yeah, it was cool. Is wow. there a campaign? Like, I don't even know if I've asked no. before. No, no there's no campaign within Paragon. It's just competitive, either PvE or PvP. Okay. Yeah. So that was cool. That's, I think, about it for what I've been playing. Okay. Yeah. Should we jump into the news? All right, let's do it. All right. PlayStation VR hitting sales numbers for Sony. Good to hear. That's exciting to hear. It is very good. Andrew House, CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, was speaking with New York Times and revealed that 915,000 PlayStation VR headsets have been purchased by people as of February 19th. This is exciting because it's outpacing Sony's own expectations. Wow. Andrew House said himself, it's a classic case uh, in any organization. The guys who are on the front end in sales are getting very excited, very hyped up. You have to temper that with other voices inside the company, among them saying, let's just be a little bit careful. Now, that's coming from Andrew House himself. His own expectations, he didn't want to get hyped up. But they've almost reached a million units in the first six months, which was their goal, but they're only at the four month mark and they've almost reached that already. So, man, like, from what I understand, they, every time a PSVR gets on the shelf, it's off the shelf. You like, can't find them right now. They're, they're nowhere. The, the stock is down. Like, they could probably have three times the amount two to three million units, I bet. Yeah. Sold. They under. Uh, produce these things. They didn't have the expectations that it was going to sell that well because when you look at HTC V Vive and then you look at the Oculus Rift, you combine both of their sales numbers and they still don't match Sony's PSVR. That's saying something. It is. That's very cool. So it's exciting to see. I still haven't tried the PlayStation VR. I'm hoping our contact is going to help us out with that one. (laughs) We've been in talks, so we'll, we'll see. Fingers crossed. But yeah, I wouldn't mind getting my hands on it because it's very cool. Looks very yeah, cool. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm I'm excited for Sony. I'm excited to see what the what they're gonna bring to the PSVR. You know, within the next year or two, it's gonna be amazing. Yeah. All right. So so some other news. We got Minecraft keeps friggin' selling games, man. Who doesn't have this damn thing yet? I, I don't know. <laughs> or who doesn't have more than one copy? Of well, it? yeah, that too. I think I have two copies. I too. have two. Yeah. <laughs> so Minecraft has sold over 122 million copies. 
and they average a 55 million user base each month. So that to say, like, they gotta be they they gotta be easily one of the highest played games probably still, you know, to average 55 million users it doesn't matter how many platforms you're on. Yeah, it doesn't. That's incredible, man. It, 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 it's huge. And what a great foresight in Microsoft to go in and buy the Mojang. Yeah. And take control of the Minecraft. And not that they've tampered with anything. They haven't touched it. But just to own it now and say, okay, look, we believe in this brand. And wow, good on them because 55 I, million active users each and every month is incredible. That's crazy. That's, that's freaking crazy. When are they coming with Minecraft 2? Yeah, that's what I want to know because, oh, man, I love Minecraft, but, like, those days are done for me. I've, yeah. I've put my time into it. I, don't, I want something new now. Well, when it know? first started, right, it was the new crave. No one had ever done something like this. And now when you get out in the field, you look at the, you got Terraria, you have Ark, which has upped the ante as far as graphics. They don't even compare, right? Minecraft's this 8-bit graphic old school kind of feel yeah where arc is now the photorealism and then you got conan coming as well that's more photo there's, there's so many games that have taken the bit of that minecraft feel and have kind of copied it and duplicated it within their own game and now they're making their own thing what i would like to see at e3 is have steve the main character of minecraft come out in a trailer and you see him morph from the 8-bit to the 16 to 32 and then just a title screen, Minecraft 2. Oh. Man, they would freaking people lose their shit if they saw it. Man, I got goosebumps when you said that. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, man, it yeah, would That'd be cool. I'd jump in for sure. Right now, I'm out. But my kids are still playing. Yeah, my, my nephews and niece, man, they're all on that shit. Like, huge time. Yeah. Both story mode and regular. Yeah. <laughs> it's silly. awesome. Shadow of Mordor. Is there a sequel? Yeah. <laughs> Turns out there was a leak. It was found by NeoGAF member Death by Backlog. What a fucking awesome name. <laughs> that is so good. Man, yeah. it's so true. <laughs> he found it on the International Target website. Shadow of Mordor would be getting a sequel, Middle Earth Shadow of War. Had a brief description on the back of the box. Go behind enemy lines to forge your army, conquer fortresses, and dominate Mordor from within. Experience how the award-winning Nemesis system creates a unique personal story within every enemy and follower. Sounds very freaking cool. Nemesis system is back. Oh, yeah. I right. loved it. I oh, love Shadow of Mortar, man. Oh, it is so oh, good. it's so fun. And not within a day later was it actually officially announced that Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, which is now Middle Earth Shadow of War, pardon me, is the new game in the sequel. So yeah, we all kind of figured it was coming. Shadow of Mordor was a great game, loved by many. So to see a sequel, I'm not surprised. They say actual gameplay is coming in the trailer on March 8th. The game is coming out in August. I think that is a fantastic time to launch this game. That's perfect. Because, oh man, you get to September on, like you're starting to compete with every other big game that comes out every year you, well, you know get the call of duties and you're gonna get the battlefield right and the yeah. battlefront and all that kind probably of stuff. assassin's creed and i was think because they've been in hiding for a while yeah. right and they've taken the hiatus because gamers have said you know what we've had enough of assassin's creed so i wouldn't be surprised if e at e3 ubisoft will announce the new assassin's creed so to get out in front of them with the shadow of war i think it'd be awesome Oh, totally. I think it'd be really smart on their part. I think so too. I I wonder what they're gonna do to that Nemesis system because that was, it was such a cool dynamic within the game that hasn't been done anywhere. To go in, then you fight, you pick off one of your targets, or you don't pick off the target, and then that guy just gets stronger. <laughs> oh, it's so cool, and, 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 and he jumps in the ranks, right? Oh, it's so cool. What a cool <laughs> system. I didn't finish the game. It was kind of one of those things. I was told, Drew, you gotta try this. You gotta try this, and I tried it. And then I just fell to, well, death by backlog. He, he, he'll know. <laughs> it's just one of those things, right? You got to... Backlog. Oh, man. <laughs> like, what a fucking wicked name. It's awesome. <laughs> so that's coming out on PS4, Xbox One, PC, Steam, and Windows 10. Wow. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Good to see. August 22nd, I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, man. 
That's all. That's going to be a few weeks before Destiny 2. I'm going to have to beat it before that comes out. Because <laughs> I guarantee you that's going to be this fall. So Mass Effect Andromeda is going to have a day one patch. And they've released the full game size, which is kind of nice. Yeah. So anyways, with Mass Effect Andromeda due to launch in just a few more weeks, developer Bioware has now confirmed more details about it. According to DualShockers, Bioware's Ian Fraser said on Twitter that a good portion of the development team is still at work on the day one patch. The game went gold on Friday, meaning the studio has completed the initial development of the game. Uh, that's The day one patch is such an, a thing now. Yeah. It's so disappointing. Back when you got your NES or your SNES and you go home, you plug in the game, and that is it. There is no patches. There is nothing. That's what you get. If there's a bug, you're fucked. It, yep. <laughs> so there's two sides to it, right? One, you go home, you play the game, and it's all good. But if you reach the bug, then what? Because there are certain games that that bug will completely shut down your game. So it's nice to have the ability to go in and update some of the bugs that need to be fixed. Because there's always... There is not one single game that launches that is perfect. Never. Never, <laughs> Never right? And you can't fault them four years, five years, six years in development... Or if you're like Last Guardian, take a fucking decade, you're still going to have bugs. It's incredible. No game is perfect. So to do this, yeah, it's, it comes as no surprise. Yeah. Bioware also confirmed that Andromeda's file size on PS4 and Xbox One is at least 45, not more than 60 gigabytes. <laughs> that is big, man. That's a pretty big game. <laughs> yep. And then you'll get a 5 gig to 10 gig day one patch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. What do you do? Yeah, I, I, I don't really care. It's, it is what it is. With the gaming now, man, your best bet's just to have a, an external hard drive or two. Yeah. Like I do. Yep. <laughs> PS4 doesn't have that capability as of yet, but when they launch the new patch, 4.5, yeah. then we'll have access to upgrade through an external hard drive. Which, oh, that that's going to be great. It's At least you get you guys can remove the memory card right and do they have i'm not even sure do they have like up to four terabyte memory cards for the yeah, ps4 that, yeah you can so you can there's a portion on the top of your ps4 that slides off and you pop out that hard drive and then put in a new one um they also have i think it's um who are they 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 escape me at the moment but there is a company that has a data bank that snaps on at the top of that as well okay so that was their biggest push around it to get around your only 500 gig was to use the data bank. And crap, I can't believe I can't remember who it is. Oh, well, whatever. But now we just plug it in with the USB. The only problem is, is when you get to this, the consoles, I already have two USB ports used up. So yeah, like they don't have a lot on the original PS4 that I'm still rocking. Even on the Xbox, they had three? Like I, I'm pretty fortunate. Yeah. I, I got a while ago. Uh, an extension, I guess you could call it, and it's just a thing I plug into the side, and it adds a whole three more ports. Yeah, uh, that's probably an extra purchase. I think a lot of people are gonna have to do. Yeah, because like really, if you get into my headset, then you have your external hard drives, then you have a, a controller. Like it's just crazy. Oh, yeah, or the uh, that's like for VR. Yeah, that's another, another thing right? too. So you're just you're out of space. But uh, like, no. All right, so <laughs> I was waiting. You, Ubisoft. <laughs> Uh-huh. Details of compensation for last week's For Honor outage. Well, no freaking way, man. <laughs> Fuck. Like, it's been just a nightmare with the online service. Yep. So with an undisclosed number of players unable to access For Honor's online mode between February 13th to the 26th, Ubisoft is offering champion status to all to make up for the hiccup. The peace offering will be available from March 3rd to March 5th on all platforms, all you need to do is log in on the above-mentioned dates. For those unfamiliar with champion status, Ubisoft explains it as so. So you get more salvage from dismantling gear, so you get more points and yeah. coin and whatever. Sure. More end-match loot. I have champion status. I bought the season pass. So it's not going to really matter to you. It doesn't really matter. So I hope that they're going to give me an extra few days or something. So to kind of to make up for it, because how many people bought the season pass on day one when they bought the game? Yeah, that's what I want to so know. So this doesn't matter to any of these people then. <clears throat> the thing is, the stupid 
I don't know. I'm not. I'm not too huge on the whole season pass thing because I I was expecting it to be like Rainbow Six Siege where you buy the season pass and then you just permanently have bonus yeah. experience. But no, it was like here's forty days, and then you don't get it. Like, what the hell is the point of me getting a season pass then? I don't know. You don't even. I don't even get the maps and everything exclusively because you get them too. I think I don't have to buy. Like, I don't have to grind. Buying the characters. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to see what they're doing. It's just not it's not working for me at all. Yeah, it's it's just it's so hit and miss, man. Sorry, anyways, to continue. The Chamber Sass, you also get twenty-five bonus experience. You get three exclusive champion emblems, an exclusive champion icon next to your name, and then a ten percent XP boost for all players on your team. That I didn't know. That's cool. And champion status is stack. So if you have a team of four, you, everyone gets more loot and more shit. Which, I don't know. Like I'll get into this later with the review, but I just don't know how I feel about that. The way they've approached the season pass. I'm like, I'm very caught in the middle. But yeah. Oh, well, at least they're giving us something. I guess. For I, this fucking uh, bullshit. <laughs> Alright, let's move on to Twitch. Yes. Twitch is now selling games. Well, <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So Twitch has announced that starting this spring, users will be able to purchase select PC games directly through its website. According to Twitch, the live streaming service announced on its video, whenever a game is purchased directly through a Twitch stream is broadcast, a portion of the money earned from the sale will be given to that streamer. So I think that's cool for the streamer. It gives them an incentive to play more of the PC games. I wonder if they're ever going to bring it to console. And I don't know how they would work that. We also got a little update from Paradox, another company that does a lot with their partnership with Twitch, with the streamers themselves. Uh, they stated that revenue will be split between Paradox, Twitch, and the streamer. So if you bought, say, City Skylines, because of this person was streaming, their streamers earned 5% of the sales originating from their channel. Wow. So that's not that's pretty cool, right? So how would it would you just kind of like at like uh, any other store? Would you just kind of mark somebody's the streamer's name so they get commission per se? It's got to be linked somehow. They haven't gone into full details. I'm curious to see how that will uh, expand as we get closer to spring. We're in spring now, almost right. So this is becoming very soon. Mm -hmm. I am curious to see how they're gonna have it roll out. But you and I aren't really PC players. We're more console players. Yeah. I'd play more on the PC if my computer could handle it. But it's yeah. just, you're constantly upgrading. If I had this, a few that, grand. Oh, well, yeah, right? So, yeah. Cool to see. Uh, good on streamers. They now be able to... Make some money that way, make, for sure. Yeah, it'll help them to, to, to serve the purpose of streaming. Some of these guys will stream all day long. 8 to 12 hours a day. Man, that's like exhausting. It is. But if you get a little extra compensation, not only through the Twitch partnership, but now through the fact that if someone likes the game that you're playing, you're kind of promoting their game anyways. Yeah. So this will help a little bit and give you a cut. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Death Stranding. A little bit of news has been released on that. Hideo Kojima has revealed very little about the PlayStation exclusive Death Stranding, but has recently stated the game is an action open world game that is all about connections. I don't know what the hell that means. I don't know what that means, and from what I've understood, or sorry, from what I understand, people who have all watched gameplay of this game don't know what it's about. They're, they're all confused. I've which... seen the trailers. Even the actor, Mads himself, stated that Death Stranding plot is so elaborate, he got lost. When speaking with Saudi Comic Con, he was trying to tell me the plot of the game, and it, it's so elaborate that, I mean, I got lost, but I really wanted to learn more. It's a big honor to be here. End quote. That was from Mads himself, one of the actors within the game. He doesn't know what the game is. Man, like, what is... Oh, my God. What are they fucking making? I, I don't know. I really don't know. I, Kojima has just an, such a twisted gift. He's, he's, he, man, the guy will fuck with you. He said the game has already started. No one has found it. Within the trailers, you can go and pick apart all the trailers and you can piece it together to figure out what the game is. 
man, I don't understand the trailers. Never mind yeah. figuring out how the game is. So yeah. I played Metal Gear Solid Five, and I put a ton of time into this game, and I don't even know what the hell's going on there. So this one is just, it is so twisted. So <laughs> twisted. All right, that'll wrap up this week's news. Why don't we get into topic of the week? If you follow me over on Twitter, at 4NextLevelGamers, you'll notice yesterday I tweeted out that the Xbox team announced a new gaming subscription service called Xbox Game Pass. The Xbox Game Pass gives you unlimited access to over 100 Xbox One and Xbox 360 backwards compatible games on the Xbox One for $10 a month. The Game Pass will begin rolling out to select members of the Xbox Insider program and they'll be coming to the rest of us at a later date. No date was actually given. Kind of an interesting program. What do you think? I, I'm pretty for it, man. Like, not for me personally, I don't think I'm going to get it. Like, we don't need it. Well, we have so many fucking games it, on just the Xbox, let alone well, the BS4, too. Like, you just. We're we, fortunate in what we do, right? So, a lot of the things come to us for review, review purposes. So. We are... Fuck, I'm struggling. Stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but, yeah. So we're fortunate that way. But for people who don't have the access that we do, this could be really, really good. Yeah, I was talking to one of my good friends yesterday about it. And, you know, I mentioned it. He's like, oh, like instantly was excited about it. And, you know, he asked me what games there were. And there are, like... I was only able to really see, like, ten games. But, you know, they got... Gears of War, the Ultimate Collection, they got Halo 5. Yeah, they have it right here. here. Say, oh. Yeah, some of the great titles coming later this spring when Xbox Game Pass launches to the broader Xbox community include Halo 5 Guardians, Saint Row 4, Reelected, NBA 2K16, Mad Max, Lego Batman, Mega Man Legacy Collection, Terraria, Payday 2, Gears of War Ultimate Edition, Fable 3, Soul Calibur 2, and Tekken Tag. Now, that's just like the beginning. Yeah. Right? So they say over 100 games. So are they launching? they got to be launching with over 100, right? I would think. They already have, with backwards compatible games, there are over 300 games with that. So I think they've already got to have this. This has got to be set in a while now that this had to be in the works. So that, that's pretty cool. I, I like what they're going to do, too. So for what they're going to do is... They, have, they didn't give a time period, but every so often they'll have a section where it just says titles that are will be phased out. So they'll have a section, you know, to give you time and warning, like these games will be getting out of the Game Pass. But then they'll have a section saying new upcoming games, you know. So then it's kind of nice. It's I was kind of wondering, like, are they just going to keep expanding the library? Or no, but no, that's not what they're doing. So it's just going to be set amount of games, certain games like constant kind of flow in and out. And then if you're a part of the program, if you decide that you want to buy the game, you get a discount on it. So that's cool. I like that. So this isn't, you get, it's not like um, Xbox Gold or PlayStation Plus where you get the game for free and then you get to keep it. No. So this is for a month only and then they're going to rotate in a new New batch of games. Yes, it's something like that every month. I imagine it's not at weekly or by any No, stretch, no. But no. they... Um, fuck. Not like Nintendo? You get it for a month and you'll never see it again? Nope. <laughs> or, oh, and it's not a streaming service. It's downloaded to your console. So that if you're a cool. part of the Game Pass program, instantly have, you know, 100 games ready to install on your console. And instead of, you know, the streaming, it can get really... Frustrating with the lag, and I've seen it on like the PS4 streaming PS3 games or whatever. I've seen it a little bit, you know, yep. and it can get frustrating at times. So it's nice the fact that it's just like bam, it's all on there, no fucking around. That is very cool. When you look at the streaming service from Sony with PlayStation Now, 20 bucks a month gets you access to the entire library, which is nice. But when you get into something like a Twitch shooter, you need to be spot on all the time. Sometimes that streaming service isn't really that great. It does cut out, and they recently just said it's no longer going to be on PS3, PlayStation Vita, Vita TV, and even some of the Sony TVs themselves. So I kind of question that how well does this service actually work in their case? 
are they going to now have to revamp? Because Microsoft is honestly, even though they're behind the console numbers, they seem to really pull their shit together and, and move forward well. So to see this, and they've even announced some of the publishers that are coming. You're going to get 2K, 505 Games, Bandai Namco, Capcom, Codemasters, Deep Silver, Focus Home Interactive, Sega, SNK, THQ Nordic, <laughs> Warner Brothers. So, and then of course you're gonna get Microsoft Studios themselves, right? So there's just a couple of the publishers that are supporting this. They, man, I think they got something cool for those who don't constantly buy the game on day one. You can't afford the day one game because this week there's 14 fucking games to buy. And you're not going to be able to buy them all. So, okay, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go, when Halo 6 comes out, we'll get Halo 6. And then from there, the rest of the backlog catalog for $10 a month, I now save, and you get to play whatever is on the service for that month, right? So, my biggest concern is how many services do we need? Yeah, well, no, it, it's true, you know, we're already paying for gold, we're paying, well, in my case, we're paying for EA Access. Yeah. You know. PlayStation Plus, I PlayStation for that. PlayStation Plus, then we're going to have fucking, <laughs> now we're going to have this? Yeah, the Game, <laughs> Game Pass. Pass. And then you already have, most people have Netflix. Like, it's just, it keeps growing, right? And that's my only biggest concern. But like I said, though, if it, you pay for gold... And you only get that one game a month, that big title comes out, and you want to get that, like Sea of Thieves is coming, and that's your go-to game for that month, then you'll buy the $80 game, and then from there, for $10, bucks, you got access to over 100 Not a bad deal. Honestly, I think it's, it's really great, man. Yeah. We definitely would like to hear everyone else's thoughts. You can follow us over on Twitter. You can follow me at 4NextLevelGamers. Or me at DoomGuyParker50. So yeah, reach out to us. Let us know what you guys think about this Xbox Game Pass. Because we think it's pretty cool. But you're going to notice they're not day one games. Like these aren't brand new yeah. games, right? You're going to get older titles. So that's the stipulation of where you're going to run into. Like how long has Halo 5 Guardians been out? Max Mac, or Mad Max has been out. NBA 2K16. You're not getting 17. Because they're not going to lose out on that day one sale. So, Which, but at the same time, too, typically with Xbox, I'd say, I don't know this, the actual number, but probably more than half the people game share or, you know, console share with their friends. That's only five bucks a month between you and your buddy. Like, that's yeah. five bucks a month for 100 games. And it's not like, it's not every month 100 games get flipped in and out, right? It's only just like a handful that will leave and then a handful come back in. Because they're not going to, they're not, I don't think they're going to clean out the library every month. So you don't think you're going to get 100 fresh games each and every month? No, it's going to be a set, I, like I wish 25 I, maybe? Yeah, like something like that. 25 would be a good number, right? Yeah. And then uh, next month that 25 stays, but then another batch of 25 will go. Because they have, because it's Xbox One and 360 games too, so they're going to, you know, be splitting that number up probably pretty even. It'll probably be like 12 new, P or sorry, 12 new 360 games and then 12 new Xbox One games. I'm curious because Xbox 360 has that backwards compatibility now. I'm, I'm, hmm, I don't know really. It, it seems odd because you're getting all the Xbox 360 games. Not all of them are free, but because of the backwards compatibility, people do have a lot of these games already. Yeah. So what's the split going to be on Xbox One versus Xbox 360? I hope it's not 50-50. Bet you it is, or is it going to be 70 30, 70 Xbox 360 titles? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> I hope not. I think that service will fuck themselves right up. Service is dead in the fucking water before we got started. <laughs> oh, by the way, 80% of the games are 360. Yeah. You failed to mention. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a fine print you missed. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see how it works. Come in the spring, I like the idea. But we have to see and wait on the execution. Yep. That was a pretty good topic of the week. Why don't we head over to this week's review? Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? We are here talking about the For Honor game developed by Ubisoft, published on pretty much everything. As always, I'm Drew Bosley. 
Nathan Quinn. What do you think of For Honor? So this game, man, I'm so far in love with it, but so far, you know, just... Uh, Disconnected, shall we call it? Disconnected, that's the right <laughs> word. That's the perfect <laughs> word. Okay, so just to just do an overall, I love this game. The, you know, the characters that they've created within it, the world that they've created, the gameplay itself is so innovative. Yeah. It's so addictingly fun. I, as a core, I love the game, but all the disconnecting and the connection errors and oh my goodness, it's just unbelievable. I, I, you feel like you've really been shortchanged in that aspect. Like I, I played all last night. I don't know if there's one match, not one match, where I had a team of or a, two teams of four playing where not one person got disconnected. I think there's every match, it somehow gets unbalanced. Or even I've noticed too, I'll be in the pre-lobby, it'll say everyone's joined, and then I'll get into the lobby, and then two people get booted. Welcome to Ubisoft servers. Uh, like, this has happened since Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. From day one, the minute they started multiplayer shit, we've had nothing but these freaking problems. I, I, wish I, I wish I would know more about it, but from what I understand... What they did with For Honor is they have peer-to-peer -peer servers instead of dedicated servers. Yeah. And apparently it was supposed to be this new, innovative, you know, easy thing or great thing, but it's just a big pile of shit is what it is. <laughs> it's a big fucking lie, and they cheaped out. And I feel like it's biting them in the ass because even from from the day one or week one, the amount of care or amount of people I've seen online playing yep. versus now it's dropped like a third. It's like, you know, forty to 60,000 is what I've been seeing as opposed to the 120,000. I'm not going to lie. I'm done. That's it. I'm out. I'm finished. And that's the problem. Like, for me, like, me personally, I don't mind the sucker for punishment a bit. Like, I, I played Ark, and that was very... <laughs> sucker. Uh, you <laughs> it was know, like, on your forehead a few times. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I don't mind playing games that aren't, like, 100%, but, like, yeah. this is just... So, okay. so the part that I like... Is the story the campaign is actually decent? It is a solid campaign. You play as three factions: the knights, the Vikings, the samurai, and it's told through a narrator. Which then, as you uh, start the mission, you get your character, which is each of the classes within that Viking or that knight story, and they tell it through their perspective, and then the story unfolds that way. I freaking love the story. I, I, I did too, man. Like, it's not, it's not your super, it's not a Horizon Zero Dawn campaign by no. any stretch, but it's there and it's fun and it's, you know, like you said, it introduces you to each of the characters, or at least most of them. Yeah, the which majority really of them, helps. Right? Yeah. That really helps, especially with the online. Like, uh, well, it helps you learn what character for the online competitive mode is best suits my playstyle. Mm -hmm. Right, so it gives you a taste, a small taste. You probably get about a level or two levels of one particular character, then it'll switch to the next one and how the story unfolds with that character. And then throughout the narrator, loved the story. I thought the story was by far the best part. And the game mechanic itself is so innovative compared to everything else that we're just used to how we play, right? We're not. The, the whole point of it is you have to guard yourself and react to how the other opponent is facing. Whether that's an overhead strike or a strike from the left side or the right side, you have to be able to counter that. That is awesome. It's, it's so cool, man. Uh, I just That's what brings me back to the game, is yeah. that the gameplay, it's just so fun. And when you're in those 1v1s and you're just, you know, you're both just sitting there kind of like, oh, God, what's this guy going to do next? <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, it's just like, or the 2v1s and then you get your revenge mode and then you smoke both of them and it's like, yeah. Like, it's just some of the most rewarding in-game moments that you could possibly get. But then the 20 minutes, half an hour sometimes... You know, you play a match, you get disconnected almost at the end. Yep. You play a match and then you get disconnected at the very beginning and then you're sitting there and you're waiting. Or, like, again, like I was trying to play it two days in a row. I've tried to play with my friend. It didn't work. Forget it. Just you, doesn't connect. You and I hooked up. I played for an hour and I was disconnected four times. By the end of that, I said, fuck this, I'm out. I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done with Ubisoft servers. They got a solid campaign, but when it comes to the multiplayer, as though... 
<laughs> the problem with multiplayer for me is not even the servers. The servers are a huge issue because you could take this into such a more competitive uh, sport like the esports. I'd like to see if they would take it that way. It would be interesting. Mm -hmm. But their servers suck. They suck so bad that you can't rely on them to stay connected. But what I found, so they came up with the beta, you played the beta. By the time I was done the beta, I was bored. I got bored. So I thought, okay, maybe when the game releases, maybe something else will be new and exciting. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah, I think they, I, mean, I think in the open beta, they actually had the skirmish mode in there, like the deathmatch mode. Yeah. Which, excuse me, that's, you know. Just, that's all they, that's literally there's, they have elimination, four player, or 4v4, mm -hmm. you know, basically one life per round. Like a deathmatch. Like a standard thing. Yeah. And yep. they got your 2v2, same idea, just one life per round, 1v1. But then they got this cool mode, Dominion mode, which is really, it's it's nothing super original. It's like, like domination, right? It's like domination. Hold checkpoints down. Control, whatever game you're playing. Sure. It's like that kind of thing. But. Yep. They have their little twists with each character having their abilities, which are some. Oh, they annoy me, but it's it's balanced. It's you know at first it might seem very unbalanced, but I'd say it is pretty balanced. Then there's the pay to win games. structure that they've implemented within it too. It's, that that's it's probably so one of my biggest negative things too is the fact that some schmo with a ton of money can just buy all the shit that they want just to have this badass character as yeah. opposed to people like me who like to actually grind it and earn it and don't have hundreds of dollars to spend. Man, I look to unlock all the feats for all the characters, it's like 30 bucks. Which isn't really that no, much. No, but like that's stupid. But spend the time, earn, earn it, it. <laughs> get to that level. It helps better with matchmaking too though. Because if you just jump in and buy everything, then you're done. And you're playing against me too? Yeah, it's I haven't achieved that yet because A, I haven't grinded that far to get there, or B, I didn't buy it. So I'm not, I'm just not, I'm not happy. Uh, I'm the not microtransactions, happy at all. I cannot believe like that they took that route. It would have been one thing if they wanted you to spend some money on a cool costume, but yeah. it's not like that. Yeah, you can spend money on that, but that's. That's not the only route they took. They're like, okay, you can unlock everything with real money. That, that's not right. It's, I, it's not right. It's all. it's totally unfair. I I don't want to sound like I'm super negative about this game because, like I said, like there's been I've had three or four 12 hour plus gaming sessions of playing this game, <laughs> yeah. even with all the connection errors, right? But yeah. uh, I just you know the more I think about it, the more I kind of get frustrated. Yeah. Just with this, the way they they they're basically screwing us. You know, they're trying to gouge us of our money, like. I'm done for multiplayer. I'm gonna continue on with the Just story. Just too bad. You're good, man. You well, uh, you doubt yourself, but you're you're I, actually pretty good, man. I, ha I was able to hold my own on a couple matches, and that's the thing. When you get in there and it works, then it's actually fun. Even though I did, so I say I, I got bored. I don't have time to get bored. I don't want to waste my time. So if I'm bored, I'm gonna bounce. I, there are supposed to be new maps and stuff coming for free. But there's, they gotta do a lot more, man, for this one. It's just, it's not sitting. That I'd like well to see me. a couple new game modes, something, something original. I don't know what. Personally, I haven't really thought too much about it, what they could do, but yeah, they they have to create something, man, because it's. I feel like this could be another Titanfall, which is sad because it's such a cool game and just so innovative, man. Like that that play style, like it's just so fun. It is. It is cool. I like that balance of because there are a few times when. I just got rocked, absolutely rocked, and then they ended off with the execution. <laughs> Those <laughs> things are so good, yeah, so good, so satisfying. The intro for the multiplayer completely reminds me of the Assassin's Creed. You would do the same meetup on when the team team base. It was four over here, four over there, and then they just jump at each other. Instantly, when I saw that, I'm like, man, that is so Assassin's Creed. Brand new IP. I want to see everything new. I don't want to see rehashed animations from before. No, it's true. And even even the way they kind of designed unlocking stuff and whatnot, it's very much reminds me of Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah. Like, even like the cost of each character is the exact same as it was in Rainbow Six Siege. Just a different form of currency. I don't know if they just ran out of time or just thought, you know what, we got this system already in place. Why don't we just borrow? Because you got to think Ubisoft has a bunch of studios 
then they all collaborate together and then they develop their game. So if this team over here has the mechanic for the multiplayer from Rainbow Six and they're gonna work with the same team that's doing the multiplayer on the new For Honor game, why don't we just implement this? That way that part's already done. Does that work overall? Sure. Does it work for the fans, the gamers? Sometimes, maybe not. So there are two sides of it, right? A, it helps out production, speeds that process up. But for us, we like to see everything. If it's a new IP, I want to see almost everything brand new. You're you're always going to get something that's familiar or yeah. something similar from previous titles, especially within a company the size of Ubisoft, who already has so many titles under their belt. So to see that come in isn't actually that bad for me. I don't mind that part. I do love the fact that you can actually customize everything on your characters. Yeah, that, and like I wanted to actually touch up on that. The, yeah. the customization, it's, it isn't the best that I've seen, but it, it's there and it is cool because you can change the symbols on your characters, the color scheme. Mm -hmm. Again, like, you know, I was looking to be prestige 30, which I believe is the max prestige, you unlock an armor shader and an emblem. So you're telling me after I've grinded all that time, that's all I end up getting is you want just a, a bigger unique, reward, right? Yeah, and honestly, like it, it is cool. The level thirty is like a golden and black. Sure. But if you look in the other levels, I already unlocked a golden black one. It just looks slightly different. You get lines that are horizontal instead of vertical. Big deal. Uh, big freaking <laughs> deal is right, but like. I don't want to harp on it because it is cool. Like, man, it is satisfying. When I got my heroic gear, the purple gear, yeah. like, my guy looks fucking cool. He looks like a badass. He looks like he's prestige, and he looks like he's going to kick some ass. Nice. So it is cool. It's just, I don't know. I wish they could have maybe done something more for the people that do want to, you know, max prestige their character. I, want, I wonder how far along this game is going to survive. Are we looking three months, six months? A year, is this game still alive or is it dead? Last week, believe it or not, I booted up Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and there's still people playing that one. It still works. So that's still got a thriving community. Believe it or not, after all this time, you're still able, it took me a couple minutes, but I got into a match, no problem. Wow. But is it gonna be like the cases of Titanfall where it came out and then it immediately just poof, fell right off? You said so yourself, you're starting to see players drop. I'm dropped, I'm out. I just, you know, if they had solid servers, I guarantee you, you would see three times the amount of people playing. Yeah. No one would be complaining, because everyone that I play with, everyone that I talk to, every even review that I've watched, everyone says the same thing. Connection issues, connection issues. They, like, it's always been that way with uh, Ubisoft. It's, I don't know what they need to do over there, but they need to figure out the server issues and fix that shit, because it's the biggest thing hurting not only Ubisoft, but it's hurting us, the fans and the gamers who want to play these games, you just can't. So one kind of cool, unique feature that I like in the customization is that you can design an emblem for your character, or just for you in general, sorry, your profile. You make your own emblem right at the very start of the game. Yeah. So what I thought was kind of cool is that emblem, you can actually put it on your character that you play as. Which, you know, it's not, it's like we've seen it before. I've seen it in Call of Duty where you, you, know, you make your own emblem and then you paint it on your gun. Yeah. And everything else I've seen, it just looks like it's, it doesn't look like it's supposed to be there. It looks like painted on, you know? Sure. Whereas this, you know, my armor, like the, the cloth armor I have, it has my emblem on it. And it just, it looks like it was meant to be like <laughs> that. It looks like it was designed perfectly like on there. It doesn't look like it's slabbed on there like as an extra skin or whatever. Like that. Very kind of useless feature, but it's something I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. I, I, I can appreciate that. I did like that the minute you started up the game. That was the first one of the first things you did, was design that emblem. Mine was cool. I liked it. Yeah, mine's so-so. Mine's I, I tried to make the <laughs> destiny symbol, and I, I failed. There's only five layers. They're so limiting in that sense. But, but to kind of go about what I was saying with the customization, this game is so polished. It is so polished. It looks so beautiful when you're playing the campaign. Yeah. The scenery is nice. It really feels like you're in a battlefield, you know, and the movements, like like one of the best moving, you know, movements I've seen in games between like, you know, when you get knocked down and going down a ladder and the transition between going up and down a ladder, whatever it is. It just, it looks so smooth and 
the very polished, just, yeah. right? The animation is polished. They've done a fantastic job. Executions, like the 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 stairs. That's like one thing, man. Most you games fuck up. Always the stairs. go through the stairs, right? <laughs> or you're gliding on top. <laughs> you're like, man, you're not even grounded. <laughs> but you know, this is good. Like that, I was like, oh, that's 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 cool. So uh, to kind of go into the characters, they have twelve characters. Yeah. They have the all of which are very different. There's three. So sorry, there's four. I guess types of classes. So they have like your vanguard, your heavy, mm-hmm. your assassin, and your um, hybrid. Yeah. But they're all very different, and you know, like it's just it's it's very cool. Well, you can feel that heavy too. When you pick that character, you are so sluggish and you're slower. But when you pick someone like like the peacemaker, who is my playstyle, you're faster, agile. You're able to get around a lot quicker. Yeah. All right. So in previous Ubisoft games, say when you played Assassin's Creed Unity. You walk through Paris and everything, and it was just plain English, plain as day English. <laughs> there was no accents within the characters. Nothing felt like it was ornate and belonged in that world, per se. But where you get in for honor, when you are a Viking and you are battling the Vikings, they are using their own... What did you call it? What? So it- the barbarians they speak old Icelandic or Icelandic sure. language, which is pretty cool. It's like an Very ancient cool. language. Yeah. And then the knights they speak old Latin or Latin. Yeah. Which again is freaking cool. And then of course the samurai speak Japanese. So it, it fits, right? You don't feel disconnected as much. Oh man, and like the awesome. Japanese. <laughs> it's, it's so cool. Oh, it's awesome. It's very good. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we wrap this up? What are you gonna score for honor? So I've been really struggling with giving a number on this game just because I'm so in between. But I'll, I'm going to give it a 7. I would say it would get a big 8.5 to 9 if their servers weren't complete garbage. Yeah. But, you know, I speak for, I feel like most people, most people won't even, you know, like Tellboy wouldn't even give it a 7 just because it pisses them off so much on their shitty service. Their servers are the biggest drawback when it comes to a Ubisoft title. This game is no different, and because of their servers, I'm in a 6.5. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's what fair. do you do, right? All right, that's going to wrap up this week. You can always follow us over on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play, where we do a weekly podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe on our YouTube channel, and you can follow me over on Twitter, at 4 Level Gamers, or me, at Doomguyparker50. Thanks for watching, we'll see you next week.